Uh, so thank you for getting up early this morning or Saturday, or at least getting out. You may be up, but in your jammies still at home, and so uh, you're barely awake. So it's great to have you here, and we are starting on the minute on time because we are going to run pretty fast for this hour, and we're hoping your seat belts are fastened and you're ready to run with us. This is Laurel Reitmer, and we're both on staff at Salem Alliance. And Laurel is our uh, coordinator of connecting ministries, which means she connects people to the life of the church when they're new to Salem Alliance, and she connects people to ministries when they're looking for a place to serve the Lord in the church. So that's pretty much describes uh, Laurel, think Laurel and connecting. And so I asked her to partner with me in this seminar because this is what she does uh, in her work at church. She meets with a lot of people to help them understand their spiritual gifts and find a place of ministry that's a good fit. So um, thank you that you're here. I am truly excited, hi Carla, to, to teach you and talk to you, good morning, about uh, spiritual gifts and finding a place in ministry that fits. And I think the reason that over the years this has excited me so much is that when I discovered my spiritual gifts, um, which was a significant season into after I'd already been using them, but really didn't define them that way, and thought, well, gosh, I always led stuff when I was a little girl. My mom called me the chief. And so, you know, it's just, but once I realized that it was God-ordained, it changed the way I looked at myself and certainly changed the way I looked at doing ministry and serving the Lord. So I, I think it's a life-altering experience for a lot of women and men as well. Over the years, we've connected people to ministry that they said, oh, that's where I need to really serve. And as I was just talking to Hope Bulgin earlier, she's in ministries right now, and she says, like the woman I described to you briefly last night who's serving at the clinic, and she said, I'm made for this. And Hope is in ministries in Hearts at Home and mentoring young women in other areas made for this. And so you're going to eventually come to a place where you say, I was made for this, and I'm excited for you uh, to discover that. I wonder how many of you have served uh, the Lord or served in a place of ministry uh, where you said, oh, man, that is draining. It, it, you got home and you were just exhausted, and not exhausted in a good way. I mean, you can be tired after doing something, but you were just drained and <laughs> I remember that happening to me when I was, uh, this is a number of years ago, but I was uh, in Bible Study Fellowship in St. Louis, Missouri, where we lived at the time, and our discussion group um, had to rotate like everybody's and got to rotate, not had to, but we got to rotate into the children's ministry, and I was assigned for a whole morning of three hours with two-year-olds. And um, so at the end of the morning, the leader of that group said, wow, you are fantastic with these children. Maybe you should come work with the children. I said, um, no. <laughs> uh, that I, you know, I can teach, and I could teach those little children through the morning, and I could be with them, and I love them. But you know what? Um, that's not the bus I'm meant to be on. And there is a thing in life of discovering, is the bus you're meant to be on working with adults or is it with teenagers or is it with children or is the bus you're meant to be on out in the community in a parachurch organization or is it in the church what is the bus you're meant to be on where do you express the gifts that fit you and in a sense that's called passion where does your passion ignite and so I knew that while I could use my gift of teaching and and a little bit of leadership with those little two-year-olds that wasn't the bus for me. And I know people who are on that bus week in and week out, and it is their joy to work with children. And I say, hallelujah, because that's, and they say, hallelujah, you're working with adults. So it's just different. It's not right or wrong. Um, and I remember <laughs> one year I was, um, come on in, please, Sarah, cheers, back that way. Um, I was asked to or I was leading women's ministries at the time, and we were putting on a big event, and I needed to find a woman who was willing to cook and serve dinner for 500 women. My worst nightmare. I mean, it may be adults, but it'd be my worst nightmare. Give me the two-year-olds, because I would do better. 
And, um, and I asked this one woman, and she was so thrilled and excited. And it was the right bus for her, and it used her gifts all at the same time. And so, again, I say, it's not right, it's not wrong, it's not wrong who we are or where we have passion to serve. It's just that we need to discover that and then connect into that spot, and Laurel is our connecting person. So uh, there you have. So this morning we want to run through these things. We want to talk about spiritual gifts. We want to talk about getting on the right bus, finding your ministry passion, in other words, um, the season of life you're in, because that affects how much time you have to serve the Lord. Uh, Your capacity, how much energy do you have? Are you a high-energy person or not a high-energy person? That affects where you serve or how often you serve or how long you serve. Um, So those are some of the things we want to explore in the next hour. So as I said, fasten your seatbelts. Um, we, we may think that we were just made like I used to, um, to be the way we are. Um, it just happens to be, whoops, she doesn't like my Bible. <laughs> it's sliding down. Um, and, th- a- and that's just the way I am, as opposed to seeing it as God's ordaining. And I want to read to help Laurel. Can you pull up my stand here? <laughs> Thank you. So there are, can you, okay, we're actually recording the whole session as well. So you'll be able to get it in a podcast. So you could actually sit anywhere that you can find a seat that's comfortable. So, oh, here's one, okay, there you go, Tina, second seat in and you're good. You're welcome. Nope, you didn't. And you can catch it on the podcast, so then you'll catch up. You're welcome, glad you're here. So in Jeremiah, Jeremiah 1, verse 5, God said to Jeremiah when he was a young man, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Before Jeremiah was ever even born, God had a plan for his life. And we can read that about Jeremiah and say, well, that's Jeremiah. But I want to say to us, that's true for all of us. God has a plan for every single one of us in the different seasons of our lives. And so uh, this morning, I hope, hopefully you will see that and be inspired by that and be ready to run with it. Last night, um, Jennifer mentioned Ephesians 2.10, where God says, um, whoops, you were, I'll just say it, you were created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God planned in advance. It's not just Jeremiah that good works are planned for, but for all of the church, the body of Christ. And so that is true for every single one of us. And we may think, like I said earlier, well, that was good for Jeremiah, not necessarily good for me. Um, Good morning, Marcia. No worries. Um, And, but it's also true of David. And this is what I want to say to us. David was a a, a shepherd out on the hills in Israel. And God sent the man, the prophet Samuel, to him and said, you're chosen to be the next king of Israel. Well, he couldn't have even remotely imagined that was his call. He was a shepherd taking care of sheep. And then he was called in to to fight Goliath. He fights Goliath. Then he becomes an incredible leader in military campaigns. And then he becomes a king. And then he writes psalms that we still read today. And and, and when David was young, he couldn't even imagine the potential that God had put in him. And I want to say in every season of our lives, I think we can't even imagine the potential that God has put in us because um, he has a plan for every single one of us. And um, I hope that at the end of this seminar, you'll be inspired to say, okay, okay, this is not an accident. I'm who I am because God made me to be this way, and I can serve him in this season of my life. Uh, something that is critical for us to understand is that in looking at spiritual gifts, which are, dis- which are described in Scripture in 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, and Ephesians 4, um, 12, 12, 4, um, 1 Corinthians, Romans, and Ephesians, um, y- God says this about them. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts or spiritual abilities, um, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. Down in verse 11, it is the one and only spirit 
who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. And so he's decided which gift every single one of us should have or which mixture of gifts we should have. It's not something we decide. It's something God decides. And then his spirit stirs up and builds within us. That's hugely important. And you go on in this same chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians to verse 21. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. Because you see, in this passage and also in Romans, God compares spiritual gifts and different abilities in the family of God to a human body. And how can we get along without an eye? Well, we can get along, but it won't be as easy. How can we get along without a thumb? Well, we can get along, but it won't be as easy. How can we get along without the head? Well, we could maybe we won't get along at all, actually. <laughs> <laughs> won't be so good. Um, but this body illustration came, has come home to me over the years. I've tended to do dumb things and break my arms a lot. And so once when I was speaking in women's retreat and said, oh, sure, I want to play volleyball with you and have my arm broken in the middle of the retreat. Anyway, that was a, that's another exciting story. But... My arm ended up being casted as well as my thumb. And of course, it was my right arm, and I'm profoundly right-handed. And uh, so I had the most incredible respect developed for my right thumb because I couldn't hook things. I couldn't push. I literally, I couldn't push my vacuum. I crashed into things all over the house. So much stuff that you can't do without a thumb to grip. I had no idea. And it's the same with spiritual gifts. Whether your gift is a gift of helps, we desperately need you in the body. Or your gift is a gift of administration, God needs you in the body. If your gift of leadership, God needs you. If you're a teacher, God needs you. If your gift is encouragement or mercy, God needs you. And the body is impoverished when we don't serve in the area we've been called. Every gift is essential. One of the misconceptions out there is that the more gifts you have, the more special you are to God. You know, maybe you took that spiritual gift test and you came out with five twelves that are, t boy, I must really be impressive to God because I've got all of these gifts. That's simply not the case um, because uh, we have no reason to boast or be proud of what we have except the gifts that God's given us and be glad because we're wired to be who God, the way God put those gifts in us. He wants us to be that way, whether it's one primary gift three primary gifts or otherwise. It's not about being special. Um, so that's just kind of a lead into spiritual gifts. And now I want to talk really quickly about season of life and stamina. Because both of them influence our availability for ministry. Biblically, you think of Moses. Moses spent uh, his first season of life 40 years in Pharaoh's palace. Second season of life, 40 years out in Midian. Um, after he had to run away from Egypt. Um, then the next 40 years he spent leading the nation Israel out of, uh, out of slavery and into the development of them as a nation. Three very distinct seasons in his life. And for those of us who are a bit older, we can look back and say, oh man, that was that season when I was a school teacher, I can say, or there was that season when I was an at-home mom, or there was that season when I could volunteer some because two of my three children were in school and I could do more than I'd been able to. Oh, there was that season that I spent four years going to seminary when my kids were in college. Oh, there was that season when my father um, was losing um, his mental acu acuity and capacity. We moved him from St. Louis out here to Salem and I cared for my father for it turned out to be a year, but um, there, so there was that season. There was a season of the empty nest when all the kids were literally gone and I had more time available. And then there's this season, the last 14 years of being a widow where I have um, ridiculous flexibility um, in ministry that I would never have had before. Um, and so there are different seasons that we can do different things, and we have the energy to do different things and the time to do different things. Um, so when I think of um, energy, I think of that word stamina. So we need to understand in this season, this could be a good fit. But also given the personal stamina that I have, because it's not rocket science to realize that we're different. Some of us are canoes. 
and we can carry a bit of cargo in life, but if we get too much, we're going to tip over that canoe. Um, or some of us are speedboats, and we can move pretty, pretty fast, but we can't put a whole lot of cargo in because if we have too much cargo in, it's going to slow down this boat, and it's not going to go well. Or some of us are tugboats, and we're able to push a really heavy load. And uh, some of us are literally ocean liners, and we have the capacity to manage a really, really heavy load, in fact, more than most people can. And so when we are trying to find our best fit in ministry, that's something we need to take seriously. <laughs> Thanks, Tina. So not only what season of life is this, but what is my personal energy, my personal stamina? And then we can better find a ministry that fits us and doesn't exhaust us completely and burn us out too quickly. Um, and again, I want to say that's not right or wrong. It's just simply the way we are could be, a f could be part of health. Like I have a friend sitting in the room who doesn't have the same health that she used to. Hence that affects stamina uh, and capacity. So uh, think in terms of that as well as you're looking for a ministry in the end that fits your passion, the right be on the right bus, use the right spe the spiritual gifts that God has given you that fits your season of life and fits your personal stamina or capacity. And now Laurel, we're gonna uh, Laurel's gonna work with me. Oh, good, carry on, <laughs> and we're gonna then start into spiritual gifts. Just to add a few things, I know there's other seminars this weekend about personality and temperament. So you may be wondering, what's the difference between this test and the personality test? And I would say that the Myers-Briggs and Strength Finders and Enneagram, all those things are designed to show you your strengths and your weaknesses. And please do not look at the spiritual gifts test the same way. <laughs> when you look at your lowest scores, don't be afraid and don't think, oh my gosh, I'm such a bad Christian because I scored a one in the area of helps. That's terrible. God hates me. That's not the truth. Okay, this test is designed to show you where God has gifted you, not where he has not gifted you. So I really would not spend time worrying and fretting about, oh my goodness, I scored so bad in that area. Focus on where God has gifted you. Focus on those strengths and, and ask him to show you how he wants to use those. That'd be the first thing I'd add. The second thing is thinking about seasons of life. Um, when I was a stay-at-home mom for a couple years, I loved being home with my kids. And you would think as a stay-at-home mom with two little kids, you would think she is at her max capacity and she cannot do any more. But actually, that was where I felt like I was using the least of my gifts. Um, it was really surprising to me. I loved being home with my kids, but there was a part of me that was not being tapped into. There was a part of me that God was calling me to that I was not using. So I was like longing for something else. And it looked different because I had two little kids. I didn't jump right into full-time ministry. Um, I found little things I could do that would use that gift. So one of my gifts is administration. So I was helping Young Life do fundraisers and um, events and things like that behind the scenes. I connected with a missions organization who needed someone to edit their website. So I could do that from home while the kids were napping. So there's things you can do even in the midst of a really crazy season. So just don't, count, don't discount your season so quickly. There are th ways to adapt your spiritual gift to fit that season. Anyway, my two cents. Um, so we're going to go through each of, your, each of the gifts. You have a whole packet. Each page has a great description of the gift. Um, scriptures that you can go back and read and kind of meditate through. You didn't get one? No. There's some extras. Yeah? Okay, there's some more here. Yeah. So each um, page has a great description. Um, here you go, Tina. Yes, I can send you that. I have your email, Tina. I can send that to you. No problem. Um, so great scriptures you can read later. Um, I would say, like, take your top three and dig into those three. Or if you have a tie, maybe four or something. But take those scriptures and read over them and meditate on them and ask God, how do you see this in my life? How do you want to use these in my life? Um, there's also um, some ideas of what people with that gift like to do some characteristics of those kinds of people. 
and some ways to use the gifts. So we're going to go through them all. We'll start with administration. Um, the gift of administration is the God-given ability to understand what makes an organization function and the special ability to plan and execute procedures that accomplish the goals of the group of the organization. And some of you went, ugh, yuck. And some of you were like, yeah, let's get it done. I'm a let's get it done person. These are the people who um, have the, see the vision. This is where we're going. Either they came up with it or someone else told them this is where we're going. But these are the people who see all the little steps it's going to take to get there. They can see the whole process. They see, oh, I'm going to need people to do that, and we're going to have to do this, and it's going to take six months, and we're going to have to work really hard, and all these things are going to have to come into play to get there. Not everyone is like that. Um, youth pastors are notoriously not like that. <laughs> <laughs> I've worked with a lot of them. <laughs> they are not administrative. Um, these people like to organize people, tasks, events. They're great at assisting ministries. Every ministry needs one of these people. Uh, Rachel Lee, putting this whole thing together. This is one of her strengths, I'm sure. Um, so at the end, there's some suggestions. There's some generic dis descriptions there of things that might be a good fit for you. Uh, being the member of a planning team or committee, administra administrative assistant, an event organizer. So coming up here at Salem Alliance, we have Second Chance Prom. That'd be a great way to plug in. You could help them get all those things organized, selling tickets, uh, making sure there's a punch bowl, or I don't know, whatever, <laughs> whatever else they have at prom. Um, the block parties coming up this summer. Um, they're going to do that again. Maybe you'd love to help set that up and kind of organize all the equipment. It's going to go to this neighborhood this weekend, and then it's going to go to that neighborhood this weekend. Um, those are some real practical things you could plug into. Um, data management is on there. Uh, we have a real need at the clinic for someone who's administrative to help um, just do some record keeping and very minor computer skills. Um, so maybe that's an area you want to plug into. Um, maybe you just need to take the lead on something that you're already involved in. It seems kind of weird to like join a planning committee or or a board of something you've never been involved in, but maybe you're involved in something and somebody asked you, would you mind leading this? And you were too afraid to say yes. Maybe you just need to step into that and say, yeah, I'll take the lead on that. Um, I think that's all for administration. I'll just give you one example. Yeah. A friend, um, a, a young woman who was heading to the mission field, but she had so much paperwork to get ready and she was not a detail administrator. And I went to another friend of mine and said, so-and-so needs help. Can oh, I would love to take care of those details. And so she was responsible for getting that young woman to the, to the mission field, literally, because the young woman didn't have that gift. So you could be a small detail person or the big picture kind of administrator, how to strategically get from here to there. But sh this, my friend was a detail, and she's actually an accountant, so she was brilliant with details. Yeah. That's great. Um, the next one is discernment. The gift of discernment is the God-given ability to distinguish between the truth and error. It is being able to discern the difference between good and evil, right and wrong, and truth and deception. These are people who can identify deception in others with accuracy and appropriateness. Maybe you're having a conversation with someone and you sense the spirit telling you something's not right here, or you sense this person needs prayer. You have that discernment to, to hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you, to hear the Holy Spirit leading in the middle of a conversation. Or maybe these people are great at in an interview committee. They can tell, like, they can discern who would be the right person, the right fit for this job. Um, again, it says member of a decision-making team or a committee. Again, I wouldn't just join a committee to join a committee. That doesn't sound fun. Um, but maybe it's something you're already involved in and your skills of being able to decipher, is God leading us this direction or this direction? Should we go here or there? Should we go with this person or that person? Maybe those skills would be really beneficial to that team. Um, counseling, these people are great at counseling or an advisor. Um, I would say these people are great at offering to pray with people. They just can discern when someone needs prayer. 
Um, my coworker, she's really great at not just saying, oh, I'm going to pray for you this week, but saying, before you leave the room, let's pray right now. She has that great discernment of knowing when I need prayer for right now. Um, yeah, uh, interview committee, advisor to those who make decisions. Um, sometimes these are the people who can sense the presence of maybe spiritual warfare. Um, they can sense that something's off. Um, anything else you want to add on discernment? It's usually packaged with another gift. Yeah. The next one is encouragement. The gift of encouragement is the God-given ability to present words of comfort, consolation, and encouragement so as to strengthen or urge to action those who are discouraged or wavering in their faith. These people are easy to see. I feel like their, their encouragement just boils out of them. It bubbles out of them. You can't help but feel in a good mood when you're around these people. They make you feel loved. They make you feel cared for. They can see when you're hurting, and they just wrap their arms around you immediately. Um, these people comfort others to trust and hope in the promises of God. Um, I think the spiritual gift of encouragement is different than just a, a personality character quality in that they're always pointing you back to God. They're always pointing you back to the promise that you need to hold on to. They're always pushing you to go back and get closer to God. Um, um, they urge others to action by applying biblical truth. They can always point you to the right scripture. This is the scripture that I think will really touch you today. And they write you a little note with that scripture in it. Um, they're positive. They're affirming. They're reassuring. These people are great at, they say, visiting the sick or elderly. We at Salem Alliance call it mercy teams. Um, we have teams of people who get the phone calls. So-and-so so had a heart attack and is in the hospital. And these people go and pray with the spouse and pray with the person in the hospital, checking in on them. Um, they're great at visiting the elderly, people who can't always leave their house to come to church. Um, they're great on the hospitality team as greeters or maybe in our new welcome center that we're planning for this fall, um, welcoming in new people who maybe don't have any friends yet, maybe are brand new to Salem Alliance. That would be a great fit. Um, these people are great in the prayer ministry, praying with people either after service at the front um, our prayer team, or maybe upstairs in our upper room. I don't know if all of you know what that is, but on the fourth floor, there's a prayer room that overlooks the city, open almost all day long, and you can go and just pray quietly, or there's always a volunteer at the desk who's willing to pray with you if you need someone to pray with you. So that might be a good fit for someone with this gift. Anything else? They have that heart for people, and they can see when they're hurting or, or what they, they can see the need, what it, whatever it is. Um, the spiritual gift of evangelism is the God-given ability to effectively communicate the gospel to nonbelievers so they respond in faith and move toward discipleship. Now, this doesn't mean that you're necessarily a missionary or that you are a super Christian or that you're going to stand on the corner and preach the gospel to all nations and... That, that's not necessarily what this is saying. These people are great at weaving faith into everything they talk about, weaving spiritual conversations into every conversation they have. Um, every non-Christian they friend they have um, has heard part of their faith story, just naturally. It's not forced. Um, they always take the opportunity when someone asks a question that's a little open-ended they just take that opportunity to share their story. They take that opportunity to talk about God and faith and questions. Um, they seek out those opportunities. They, they um, seek out those kinds of friendships with their non-believing friends and family. Um, but these, are, these people are very sincere. This doesn't mean that, that they're fake or that they're pushy or th that's not necessarily the case. Um, sometimes people with the gift of evangelism are a little more humble. Like, they're, they're like, I can't believe I scored so high in that. I wouldn't call myself an evangelist, you know, because it's so natural to them. They just weave it into everyday conversation. 
Um, these kind of people are great for outreach events, obviously, but maybe it's um, like the movie tickets that we've been doing, you know, some of those Christian movies that are coming out. These people are great at naturally inviting their coworkers to come with them. That's a natural step for them. It's not a scary thing or, oh my, oh my gosh, I'm going to invite somebody and now I'm really nervous. It's, it's just natural. Um, mission trips. I'm, these people are great on mission trips. They'll go anywhere and share their story. It's just my story. It, it doesn't make me nervous to share my story. It's just a part of who I am, and I'll tell anybody who asks. Um, these people are great um, to be involved with new Christians. So we have a Bible study called Foundations, um, not necessarily for new Christians, but also people who are just trying to figure out all those ins and outs of the Christian faith. These people are great at leading a small group of that. Or maybe um, following up with people who came to the cross. Um, on Easter, we had over 50, 60 people come to the cross. These people would be great at mentoring one of those new believers and answering those kinds of questions and helping them wrestle through some of those beginning things. Anything else? I'm just thinking of how what's important is that um, there are people who definitely have the gift of evangelism, but we are all called to share our faith. So if I don't have a gift of giving, that doesn't mean I don't give. If I don't have the gift of mercy, that doesn't mean I'm not compassionate. And if I don't have a gift of evangelism, that doesn't mean I don't share the gospel as God opens the door and then my heart says, oh, I need to talk to this or share this faith story. So um, the next one is the gift of faith. It's the God-given ability to act on God's promises with confidence and unwavering belief in God's ability to fulfill his purposes. These are the people that regardless of life circumstances, they know what they believe and they know it to be true and they know God is the same today and yesterday and forever and he is unchanging. He is steady, but my life is going all over the place. <laughs> But these are the people who know what they believe, and they know it with such certainty. Um, they act in complete confidence of God's ability to overcome obstacles. Um, they ask God for what is needed, and they have complete trust that those needs will be met. These are the very steady people. Sometimes these are the people who say, my testimony is really boring because <laughs> I've been a Christian since I was a baby, and I have followed the Lord all my life. And my story is not very interesting. But yet God um, honors that faithfulness, steady faithfulness. These people are great in prayer ministry. Um, when people come to the front um, after a service and they're going through something hard and they want someone to pray with them, they need somebody with that steady faith to encourage them and keep them focused on God's promises. Um, they're great at teaching the Christian faith. These make great uh, Bible study leaders or a co-leader. Um, because every time the group's going through weird dynamics or hard life circumstances, they can be the steady force bringing everybody back together. Um, they're great mentors. Um, it says children are youth leader. We would call that a D group leader, walking beside someone year after year, building that relationship with a young woman and, and standing beside them as life goes all over the place and just bringing them back to the promises, bringing them back to the scriptures. Um, also great at mission work, um, going on mission trips. Anything else you want to add, Faith? The spiritual gift of giving is the God-given ability to contribute money and resources to the work of the Lord with cheerfulness and generosity. I just met one of these guys uh, last week. I had a coaching session with somebody who took the test, and he just bubbled with joy telling me about how he organizes his finances and I'm like oh spreadsheets and finances <laughs> and he just was so excited and he just was thrilled to tell me about how he plans his paycheck every time so that the first check he writes is always to the church and the second one is always to this other organization and this charity and that charity he loves it he doesn't make a million dollars a year he doesn't make ex an extravagant salary. He's a very normal guy. You would never know, but he just has that heart. He just has that gift, and that's the first thing he wants to do. And I love that first thing under people with this gift like to, where it says manage their finances and limit their lifestyle in order to donate as much of their resources as possible. 
they're designing their life so that they can give first. Not, this is my lifestyle, so I can only give this much. They're, they're thinking the other way around. And he just, oh, he just bubbled with joy because of it. It was so obvious that that was one of his gifts. Um, these people are great at providing support to missionaries. Um, these people think ahead and are establishing trust accounts for ongoing ministry. Um, these people share testimonies of how God has provided again and again. He was telling me, he said, I had money problems for a long time, and then I started giving to the church and making my priorities different, and everything kind of came into alignment. He's, he's like, I'm not saying that God's going to, Give you lots of money if you give to the church. But my focus was different, and my priorities were different, and so everything started to come into alignment, and then I didn't have money problems anymore. Um, these people are great at fundraising projects or a fundraising committee, being able to think about finances. Um, these people are really great at listening um, in conversations with their friends when their friend might say a really quick thing like, oh, I really my washing machine broke and I just don't know how I'm gonna fix it or something. Their antenna goes up and they're like, they need a washing machine. Or, oh, I just don't know if I'm gonna make it this month, I don't know if I'm gonna have enough money for groceries. Their antenna goes up, they need groceries. You know, they hear those specific needs in conversation <laughs> and, and they're just paying attention to those things. They're looking for those ways that they can bless people, even in little ways. We're going so fast. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, the spiritual gift of helps is the God-given ability to accomplish practical and necessary behind-the-scenes tasks, which frees up, supports, and meets the needs of others. These are the people that serve behind the scenes. They serve wherever is needed. Tell me what to do, and I'll do it. Tell me where to go, and I'll go. But they also do it before being asked. Um, there's somebody on our staff I'm thinking of right now. And the co I notice the coffee's empty, and I turn around, and he's already got a pot of coffee. I notice the water's empty, and I turn around, and he's already got a, a new pitcher of water. Uh, every time there's a need, like, he's already on top of it. He already saw it, and he already sprung into action. He didn't need anybody to ask him to help. He didn't need to be told what to do. He just sees those little things and gets it done. Um, these people are great helping in the office. Um, teacher's assistant, they probably don't want to be up front, they probably don't want to be teaching, but tell me what copies you need and I'll make the copies. Um, tell me how to set up the chairs and I'll set up the chairs. Um, these people um, are great to assist church visitors. I'm thinking like our bread ministry, we send a loaf of bread to everyone who comes to Salem Alliance for the first time. That would be a great way. Um, maybe in the welcome center that's coming up in the fall, um, helping people get connected, uh, making coffee for them, setting up lunch for our new class that's coming up in the fall. These people are great for setting up food for events. I don't know who it was, but somebody set up all the snacks downstairs this morning and set up all the coffee. That person probably has a gift of helps. Um, every once in a while, we have special events or trainings. Um, thinking like group, group life training, when we get all of our Bible study leaders together, all of our community group leaders together. And we need people to set up the room and set up the food and serve our leaders. That'd be a great way to serve. Um, but they just see the little needs and they act. They, they want to just be told what to do. Just tell me what it is and I'll get it done. Just to say that, like the gift of giving or the gift of evangelism, if you don't have the gift of helps, that doesn't mean you don't help, <laughs> obviously. So just saying. It's not an out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, the gift of hospitality is the God-given ability to care for people by providing friendly reception, food, and lodging. I think um, this gift kind of gets a little distorted now with Pinterest and Instagram, and my house has to look so cute in order to have people over. These people are not Pinterest perfect. <laughs> That's not what this gift means. This doesn't mean you have to have the perfect house or the perfect setup or you don't have to be a great decorator to have people over to your house. That's not what it's talking about. It's really talking about relationships. 
not the location, not the house, not the meal, the relationships. These people are great at creating relationships really quickly with someone they just met. They're warm, they're inviting, they're easy to talk to, they're not intimidating. Um, you can see all those character qualities, friendly, gracious, inviting. These people are great um, to host the Bible study. Maybe they're not necessarily the leader or the teacher, but they want to have it in their home. They want to have you come to my house so I can love on you, so I can get to know you. Um, they're great at providing food for meals. Um, the worship team has a team of people who donate a meal every Saturday night. They bring it to the church so that after they have their rehearsal and sound check, they can eat dinner before all the services. That might be a great way to serve if you are in the hospitality category. Um, they still serve meals at the local soup kitchen. We have a ministry called Angels Ministries where people create sack lunches and then deliver, deliver them down to the homeless people downtown. So you can either, yeah, so you can make the lunches or deliver them either way, but maybe that's a great ministry for these people. Um, hospitality people are great in connecting ministries. So if you have this gift, I want to talk to you. Um, these are great greeters. They're just loving and they stand at the door and they make you want to come in. Um, these people would be great in the new Welcome Center coming up in September. This would be a great area to serve, helping people get connected and feel loved. Um, these people set up for meals and events. It says coffee for church services. Um, classes and you know like I said whoever did the coffee this morning that pro that person probably has some hospitality also anything else you want to add okay Barb's gonna do some more we're gonna switch switch now thanks Laurel very much uh, I was just thinking on that gift of hospitality my daughter um, has uh, little twin uh, girls and they are, well, they're now 11. But anyway, the last couple of years, they've made the lunches for homeless. And the girls help, and they line them all up. And it's teaching them to love on people and to be hospitable and to use that gift of helps. But they would never be appropriate for delivering at 6 in the morning to homeless camps. So that's why I wanted you to understand it's a different, different thing because um, men do the other. So that's a great gift of helps for men if you have men in your life they might want to do that on to the gift of in intercession the gift of intercession is the God-given ability to uh, to consistently pray on behalf and for others seeing frequent and specific results so this is somebody that not only loves to pray because I'm guessing there are a lot of women in this room who love to pray but this is somebody that just loves to pray all the time um, and earnestly on behalf of somebody for the same issue uh, week after week month after month year after year these are people that set a daily time to pray often um, for the Lord to have victory in this area or that area or heal this person or that person or uh, heal this relationship or that relationship. And uh, so these are people that absolutely love, love, love to pray. Um, Tina, you have a question? This is the prayer warrior. That's exactly the word for it. Thanks, Tina. And maybe some of you really resonate with it. And I, uh, my favorite story about this gift of intercession is a, a, a friend of mine who I invited to be in my Bible study a number of years ago, and she said, I'll only join if you don't ever make me pray out loud. And I said, oh, okay, I won't. No worries. And, um, but over the last 13 years, um, she is the biggest prayer warrior in the group. And she prays out loud all the time, and she prays constantly and consistently for all the women in the group. So this is something uh, that I see even develops in people over the years uh, with experience and a sense of God's calling to this. Uh, if you're an introvert, uh, you might want to be praying at home. That's your biggest thing is to pray through a list. Or frankly, if you were an introvert, you could be in the uh, upper room upstairs and, and take an hour uh, or a few hours every week to host us that and uh, you may get to pray with somebody but most of the time they pray down lists of things that were left as needs and so they sit there and pray um, in a quiet place all alone uh, but if you're an extrovert um, with this gift of intercession you might love to be on the after service prayer teams 
and you could just go and visit with people and pray for them as they come forward after service. So um, every group needs them. We have Barnabas groups for our missionaries and uh, so that meet once a month to pray for, um, like, uh, there's teams that pray for people in Africa. I am, I'm on a team for someone that serves the Lord in Peru. And we just get together once a month and pray for that person and that ministry. So we have Barnabas groups. There are so many ways to connect in. So that's a prayer of intercession. Maybe I hope that as we describe these gifts, you're getting a sense of, oh, that might be me, or I think that really is me. So hopefully these descriptions help affirm that. Going on to this, anything else, Laurel? Going on to the spiritual gift of knowledge. Um, the gift of knowledge is the God-given ability to learn, analyze, and uncover insights from the Bible that are pertinent to the growth and well-being of the church. So this is somebody that loves to study, frankly, loves to read, loves to do research, and often this gift will accompany the gift of teaching. Not always, but often it will. Um, and because people like who have this gift of knowledge love to research the Bible for insight and understanding, and they love to get out commentaries and understand details of Scripture or read books that could make the church more effective in different areas. Um, and I think of a friend of mine named uh, Natalie Warren, who is a voracious leader, reader. Well, she is a great leader, but, she <laughs> but she's a reader. And uh, she will often, when she's in the church, say, I just read this book, and I thought it might really bless you. Or I read this thing, and, and this article, I think, might really help you in your ministry area be a blessing to you. And it's not pushy. It's just like she's a researcher, and she has this gift of knowledge. These people are inquisitive and observant and so forth. And so, you know, these are the people that could come alongside and say, you know, I love to find illustrations. So I heard this story and send it off to Pastor Steve because maybe he would use it someday in a, in a sermon. Um, or a great book, if we say we're going to study um, the minor prophets, which we are in the fall. Um, you say, oh, I have this phenomenal book on Hosea. Maybe I should pass that off to somebody. So this is somebody with the gift of knowledge. So, um, okay. Going on to the gift of leadership. The gift of leadership is the God-given ability to cast vision, motivate, and direct people to harmoniously accomplish the purposes. This is not a dictator. <laughs> this is somebody that harmoniously leads a team and helps uh, get people to the place that they're trying to go. Uh, so if this is you, I just want to say there is a seminar by um, Michelle and Jessica that's on uh, the third hour might even be the second hour. I would encourage you to jump ship from whatever you may have signed up for and go to the leadership one because I think it could be a really a godsend. I'm guessing there are not a lot of us with the gift of leadership because over the, the years that I've helped people understand their spiritual gift, um, it's a small percentage, maybe 10% of people that have the gift of leadership, which is certainly of God because you can imagine if we're all leaders trying to direct everything, would not be a good situation. We need administrators and helpers. And, uh, so it's, but some of you will have the gift of leadership. I encourage you to go to their seminar. Uh, people with this gift love to motivate others to perform to the best of their abilities. Um, they take responsibility, like they, uh, they survey a room or a group that they're serving in and say, oh boy, it would be helpful if we did this. Or if you're a leader, you're sitting in a circle and nothing is really happening and you can hardly stand it, so you jump in to get things moving because a leader is just that way. Um, and uh, it, this is needed in every department of our church and in every parachurch organization. Leaders are very, very, very much needed. Um, and so you might uh, be a small group leader in our life path ministry or Bible study ministry or small group leader with our uh, middle schoolers or high schoolers or sm a table leader with our grade schoolers. There, we need leaders throughout the life of this church. Um, and so there are many different kinds of places you can lead. If you're an introvert, um, you might want to lead a small group of four or five, six people. That would be a good fit for you. If you're an extrovert, maybe you'd like to be on a leadership team for a community group, which is a larger group of people. So uh, th those are something the temperament affects to some degree where we use that gift of leadership. Anything else you want to say, Laurel? You're good. I will say that um, 
Jennifer needs lots of women in women's ministries, like the gathering, which is our monthly event. She's looking for more people on that leadership team. So think about that. And also think that leaders uh, need encouragement. <laughs> I'll just say that. Because they get out there and they take risks, they take chances, and their, their heads can be chopped off occasionally, and it's good to encourage them <laughs> along the way. So uh, spiritual gift of mercy. The gift of mercy is the God-given ability to feel deeply for those in physical, spiritual, or emotional need and then demonstrate actions to meet those needs. And the key words to me in that definition are feel deeply. um, Just grip your emotions so you you can't stop thinking about that need. It just is constantly on your heart. Um, It's different from all of us are called to be compassionate and caring. That is part of what Christ modeled, and we're to live that way. But a gift of mercy is yet deeper step than that. Um, And these are people that uh, the characteristics are empathetic, caring, responsive to people's hurt. They're kind, they're compassionate, they're sensitive. Um, They carry other people's burdens deeply. Um, Honestly, there are times I've felt sorry for people with this gift because um, they carry it so deeply and it, it, it's almost as if it's theirs, some of them. And, and it can be debilitating if you don't have good boundaries, frankly. That would be another good course for people um, who have the gift of mercy, I think. Um, but I see this being developed in my, one of my little granddaughters, um, this incredible gift of mercy for homeless people. Um, so that for her birthday, she's a twin, so this is pretty humorous, I think. Um, they just turned 11, and one of them for her birthday, they weren't having a big party this year, so one of them said she wanted for her birthday to get to go out and buy a new party dress and uh, then go out to dinner to a nice restaurant. The other one said, I want to make bags for the homeless people, and in my bag I want to put a Bible, I want to put a brochure to the uh, free medical clinic, um, I want to put food for anybody homeless that has a dog food. I want to put dog food in in case they have pets. Um, I want to put in a pair of socks. And there were a couple other things I can't remember now. And so for her birthday, she went around with her mom and delivered 12 bags to homeless people during, during the day, not early morning. Um, and so I, I think it's a God-given thing of mercy because she literally can cry over these and <laughs> oh bless your precious little heart um, so you know it's a God-given thing to have a deep 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 empathy and care um, for them oh and she wrote a letter of how much God loves them and put it in anyway there you go okay so you can use this gift throughout the life of Salem Alliance Church or anywhere in the community um, uh, visiting shut-ins, visiting people in the hospital, uh, working with Feed Salem when we um, give out food and so forth. Spiritual gift of prophecy. The gift of prophecy is the God-given ability to reveal God's truth and proclaim it in a timely and relevant manner for understanding, correction, repentance, or edification. Um, so it's an ability. It's for all of these are so from God but to reveal God's truth and proclaim it in a timely and relevant manner. Um, And over the years, I've come to define um, a prophetic gift in two ways. One is the people that foretell. They look out at the way the world is going or the way someone's life is going, and they say, you know, when I look at the scriptures and the way God calls us to live and who he calls us to be, this doesn't match up. Um, but that's forth-telling, just saying this is what the scriptures say, this is who God is, and this is, doesn't fit with this situation. Then there are the foretell people that say, I see in the future, I have a vision for what's going to happen. And the, the v- majority of people with the gift of pr- prophecy are going to be forth-tellers, saying I see the scriptures and I see this situation or this life not saying way out in the future, I expect God will do this, although there are certainly people with that gift. Uh, Yes, Tina? Yes. Yes, exactly. So... Yes. 
Right. Yeah, pronouncement, then that's right. And that's the foretell kind of thing or the, and, or even forthtelling, but not doing it in a loving way. Uh, and um, so there we go to 1 Corinthians 13, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love. And that's true of every spiritual gift. I can be a phenomenal administrator, but if I'm not loving in the, with the people I work with, it's like a tinkling, um, what does it say, a sounding gong and a tinkling cymbal. Um, and it's the same with the gift of prophecy, the same with the gift of teaching, same with the gift of helps. I could have the, all of these gifts, but if I don't exercise them in love, um, they are as nothing, is what the scriptures yeah. tell us. So attitude is everything. Thanks for bringing that up, Tina. Mm-hmm. So this could be used um, as a Sunday in a, a Bible teacher or a grade school teacher, anywhere you work. Um, spiritual advisor, you could be using this gift in one-on-one -on -one situations. Um, certainly it's something that preaching team uses uh, quite a bit. So there's the gift of prophecy, you good? Going on to the gift of shepherding. These are the long-termers, I call them. So this is the gift of shepherding is the God-given ability to assume long-term personal responsibility for the spiritual welfare of an individual or small group of Christ followers by nurturing and guiding them toward ongoing spiritual maturity. This is long-term relationship, long-term walking alongside people in a small group or in relationships. Um, and people with this gift, as it says down here, like to provide guidance and oversight to a small group of people. They establish trust and confidence through long-term relationships. They lead and protect those who are in their care. This is a shepherd that stays with the sheep no matter how, when the going gets tough or the going is good. Stays alongside people. It's a heart, to, it's a pastor's heart, frankly, to really shepherd and care for people well. Um, I, when I think of this gift, I think of my dear friend Betty Howard, who's involved in our TNT ministry um, for women who've come out of incarceration, have had really hard lives. Well, God gave Betty a burden uh, for women in that kind of a situation years and years ago when she was a missionary in Jordan in the Middle East. And she tried to get in to visit people in prison, and they wouldn't let her do that. Um, but as she retired, God has kept this burden on her heart all this time. And so when she retired here in Salem, she launched this um, ministry. And T right here works with her in it. They're just unbelievable. And these women come together um, every single Sunday and have a phenomenal community group. And then there are mentors that are with them because it's such a huge life transition to come out and learn how to live the way God would have you live and to have resources, just rough, it's really rough. Um, but I see in that the gift of mercy, I see in that the gift of administration, I see in that ministry the gift of shepherding, the long-term coming alongside to help someone establish to a new way of life. Um, so, but yes. Um, other spiritual gifts tests call this pastoring, and sometimes people get confused. They, they kind of mean they are like, I'm not a preacher, and I'm not a lead pastor, so what does this mean? So sometimes those two words are interchangeable on a different test, or if you see it somewhere else. Totally, and this can be used again um, throughout the life of the church, pastoring children, pastoring teenagers, pastoring adults in small groups, um, working at Samanka House. Where, I mean, there are just so many places throughout the community as well that the gift of shepherding can be used. Um, then we come down to, if I can turn my page here, the gift of teaching, which I think is fairly obvious. Uh, gift of teaching is the God-given ability to understand, clearly explain, and apply the word of God in such a way that it is clearly understood by others. So um, people with this gift like to have extended times of study and reflection of God's words. That's why I said I think oftentimes people with the gift of teaching also have the gift of knowledge. Um, they challenge learners simply and practically with the truths of the Bible. They give attention to detail and accuracy. Um, and I remember years ago, somebody said to me, Barbara, make sure your illustrations or anything you teach, you've got it down cold and accurately because the first time you're inaccurate, you'll be caught and then they'll question everything else you say. Was that accurate? Was that, you know, and there's a lot of truth to that. It's like going to a restaurant where you get a bad meal. You don't go back to that restaurant for quite a while. 
Um, and so it's a credibility thing. So teachers have to be very careful and very thorough um, and uh, teach very well. And if, you're, if you have the gift of teaching and you're an introvert, um, you would be perfect facilitating a small group. If you're an extrovert, could be um, teaching in larger situations. Um, so they're just, again, throughout the life of the church, count, countless opportunities to teach, okay? And then the spiritual gift, oh my gosh, it's 9.30. No way. Okay, wisdom. I hope you have it. Okay, really fast. <laughs> we need wisdom. Oh my gosh. Okay, um, really fast. I want to tell you, what if, if, if any of you send Christmas gifts to somebody that lives out of town, Suppose your relatives out of town. You send them a Christmas gift. Then you go visit them, and you open up the guest room or wherever bedroom you get to sleep in, and you see, there it is. It's still up there. Nobody's ever used it. It's just sitting up there, and it's boxed. It even has a wrapping paper near it again. And you're kind of like, I gave that gift. I thought it through. I was careful in what I chose for that family, and they haven't even used it. And I want to say I believe that's the way God feels. He gives us spiritual gifts, and they are not meant to be put up on a shelf and never used. And let me just close with this, um, this poem. All my life I've tried to please others. All my life I've put on an act for others. I will not do this. For if I spend my time trying to be someone else, who will spend time being me? You have been uniquely designed by God called by God. There's something that's right for you in this season of your life. Absolutely right. And we long to help you find it. And so we've given you observation sheets, which are those gold sheets. One of the most important things you'll do is give those to friends or family, and they will s write down what they see in you and give it back to you. And I can't tell you how important that is. Until I saw those when people wrote them about myself, I didn't really believe my gifts. Okay? Please do that. And then, um, Laurel. Yeah, just two last things before we dismiss. Uh, one is on your um, handout, there's a list of resources. So it gives you the link to the test in case you didn't have time to take it before today. Or if you want to send that link to a friend and say, this was really helpful for me, maybe this would be helpful for you. Uh, there's also a link on there for the descriptions that you got today. Um, the other thing is that um, there's some clipboards either by the sink or on this table. And um, we've put together some time slots if you want a coaching opportunity. So I can meet with you one-on-one, -on -one, talk through your top results, how do we see this in your life, where might God be calling you to serve, all those kinds of questions that you might have that we just didn't get to today. Um, feel free to look at the clipboard and sign up for a thing. If it fills up real fast, just put your name and email at the bottom and we'll call you and we'll, we'll make it work. We love you. Be bold, be confident in where God has gifted you.